so disturbing. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I saw him put his eyeballs in his hands and use oh. his hands as eyes. And yeah, it's, that will rock your world the first time. Yeah, that's what I walked in on, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm someone who hates fawns, Spencer Williams. You hate a fawn? Don't hate a fawn. Fawns are our friends every now and then. Are they? Are they? Yes. <laughs> yes, Spencer. They're questionable in this movie. They're questionable in Chronicles no. of Narnia. You just never know. Friend, our friends. Most of the time. <laughs> What's up, Elizabeth? How How is Pennsylvania? You were just here and I miss you already. I know. I miss you too. Pennsylvania's fine. Um, I remember I was in LA. Like I left home and it was still like pretty warm. And I went to LA, Boise, then LA. In LA, I was like, ooh, it's like a little chilly here. I don't like this. Yeah. Can't wait to get home to where it wasn't chilly. So cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, as soon as he left, they got hot here. It was like 85 the other day. Uh, <laughs> I bring it upon myself. Oh, uh, gosh. But it yeah. It's so good having you here, though. It was fun. We had a good time. Uh, some was... things might not have worked out, as we said on the podcast. <laughs> betrayal. <laughs> Pure betrayal occurred, but I'm over it. <laughs> Um, we did not go to Halloween Horror Nights. That, my bad. Not completely my bad. I will say I'm not going to name drop, but it was like you, a third my bad. It was a third year bad, <laughs> although I was not. I was like 50-50 on whether or not you were actually going to show up. I was so. going to show up. I was just reluctant. <laughs> we won't get to mm. the details. But mm. we did go to a the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride. Yeah, that was fun. fun. Yeah, I paid for it, by the way. You Turns did. Out I'm quite allergic to hay, so. Yeah, that, which is unfortunate. <laughs> I'm allergic to fear, so I only went on the hayride and into one haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> you are allergic to fear. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we literally all of us had an argument. We were like, "Elizabeth, I'm here because of you," and Elizabeth was like, "Nah, I'm going to the Cinnabon <laughs> truck. Peace out." I was like, "Bye, <laughs> have fun," and because I almost abandoned you all on the first one, I was like, "I can't do this." The hayride scared me, and we really? were on a freaking truck of hay. I was more afraid of the hay than the actual people. Yeah, the people just like they got a little, they got too close. Yeah. They got too close. That was my problem. Honestly, I really enjoy the houses. I was ready to go. I want to do more, mm -hmm. which is so like me. I think I just, I don't know. So my problem with the houses were, so we went into the first one. I was like, no, Elizabeth, like they all paid for this. Like, let's go. <laughs> and I went in because it, it, I was like, this doesn't look very long. Right. We get in, we get through the house. And I thought you just got through the house and it was done. Oh. And then there was like a whole, it was the halfway mark. There was like a whole outside portion. It was like a graveyard or something. And I was like, I, fuck me. Like, this is awful. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just subtly abandoned you on the second one. Yeah, which sucked even more because one of our friends, I won't say who, was really having a tough time that night. 
So it was really just me. I ended up in the front. I was like, how did this happen? Like, I'm the one who's trying not to poop my pants right now. Like, I'm so scared. Um, yeah, it sucked. But yeah. it was fun. I'm glad we did it. We also went to the Cami Museum. Yes, whose my- costume exhibition was closed. <laughs> <laughs> this was just like my time in LA. Loved it. Loved I, it. Just spending time with you and our friends is was You're enough right. for me. Activities wise, a bit of a letdown in terms of things yeah. happening. We were hitting roadblock. Not to mention uh, Elizabeth and I lived in LA traffic. I don't know what was yes. up this week. But everyone was driving their cars at all hours of the day. The entire trip. Yes. We got to go. We just weren't going anywhere. (laughs) We weren't going anywhere. And I was like, I remember LA traffic being bad. I don't remember LA traffic being this bad. It was a special kind of bad when you were here. I can't even describe it. It was just like people knew that Elizabeth had places to be. (laughs) And the universe didn't want her to get there Mm -mm. in time. They didn't. We did get to Florence on time, though. And let's be real. That was the only event that truly mattered. <laughs> yeah. Florence, of course, Florence and Machine was wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. I've been listening to her nonstop. She just Same. killed it. It was your first time seeing it her. It was. It was. Um, it was so good. I was like, next time I definitely have to get like closer. Yeah. Our seats weren't bad, but they also like were not great. They were also like last minute in terms of like they had already been like on sale and we were like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So all the good seats were already gone. But I mean, it was still good. Yeah. Um, I wish y'all could have saw Elizabeth's outfit, though. She came out stunting all these hoes. I look so good. <laughs> I look so good. My velvet bell bottoms yeah. and my little crop top. The entire audience was like, damn. My flower crown. Yeah, her goth flower crown. My goth flower crown. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was amazing. Uh, uh, I also miss the food. That's just like one thing we don't have here. Oh man, Elizabeth and I went to this Japanese barbecue place. Oh my gosh! I kid so you not. Food. We were there probably three hours. We were there three hours. That poor guy. Although I feel like that was not an inappropriate amount of time to be there considering how much food they gave us and we had to cook it. Yeah, we had to cook (laughs) our own food. So you know how I am with cooking. So it took a long time. Um, Yeah, it was so much. And then turns out I don't know how much 30 ounces is because I thought that was like, it was like, you know, a medium sized beer. No, this thing was like the size of my head. So I really had to like sip it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You had a Starbucks Trento's worth of beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but after all the fun, Spencer, what did we watch? We watched one of Guillermo del Toro's best, Pan's Labyrinth, a movie I said I would never watch again. And yet here Here we we are. are. Uh, I loved it. I hadn't, I had seen it in like bits and pieces. The very first scene I ever saw, I have a very vivid memory of this because it freaked me out is I think I was in high school and I like came home from babysitting our neighbors and my dad and uncle were on the sofa watching it and it was the the pale man scene. Yeah. I walked in on the pale man scene and I was like, Bye. Yeah, that is spooky. It doesn't get any I don't it's it's actually kind of corny like looking at it, 
But still, last night I was in bed and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, I just no, want to cry right now. <laughs> it's very like, I, I, I'm unsettled. Yeah. I don't like, and you see all like the, the pictures of him like eating babies. And I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Bye. I'm good. Um, I remember when this movie came out and I was like staying at my grandma's and my mom's like, let's put on a movie. We watched Pan's Labyrinth, and I was like, fuck you, mom. I'm never watching this shit again. Oh, my gosh. How old were you? I don't know. Young enough to be chewed up by the pale man, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I do love this movie. It is beautiful. The costumes are great. The story is fantastic. The direct. Everything about it's fantastic. It's just unsettling. It. It pretends like it's a kid's movie, but it's really not at all. Not at all. It's not. It's not. It's one of those like adult fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> is what it is. And I was like, I, I, I exactly. I was unsettled by it. I wasn't scared by it, but I was unsettled. I was just really sad. Yeah. It just made me really sad. I was like, okay. Like every 10 <laughs> seconds, I was like, oh, time to go on TikTok again. <laughs> Pick up yeah. my phone. I probably would have cried if I hadn't been like making the slides for it as I was watching it as well. Because by the end, I was just like, like, I knew she died at the end. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this, like, 15 year old movie. This is your spoiler warning. (laughs) Yeah. This is your spoiler warning. Um, Yeah. I knew she died. But then, like, it gets to the end. It's just so sad. Well. We have some costumes to talk about, though, and we are rounding out our spooky season. This is it. Yes, this is it. It's been our best spooky season. Well, we've only had two, but this one has been a lot of fun. It's been a great spooky season. We've had so many, like, amazing interviews and just, like, spooky classic films. We talked about Scooby-Doo. That was good. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll start us off with a summary. In Spain, 1944, the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. That was a lot of adjectives. Within a dark labyrinth, Ophelia is told by a spooky fawn that she is a reincarnation of Princess Moana and must complete three tasks in order for her to acquire immortality and return to her kingdom. And that is Pan's Labyrinth. That is Pan's Labyrinth. Let's go behind the wardrobe. We have director Guillermo del Toro and costume designer Lala Huete, whose notable works are. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, a little bit of Spanish <laughs> and her notable works such as Belle Opoque, The Shanghai Spell, La Niña de Tus Ojos, El Labyrinto del Fono, which is also Pan's Labyrinth in English, for which she won a BAFTA and a Costume Designers Guild Award. Yes. And then we also have special effects makeup artists David Marti and Monse Ribe, who won an Oscar for their work on Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, wow. Good for them. Yeah. They were... A huge part of it, obviously, there are a ton of monsters and special effects makeup in this movie. And two whole characters are pretty much nothing but special effects makeup. And so it kind of goes into the realm of of costume for a lot of these characters. Yeah, they're responsible for a lot of my nightmares. So thank you, David and Monse. Enjoy your Oscar. (laughs) 
And I'm sure they do. When we come back, we're going to dive right into Pan's Labyrinth. Or are we going to descend into Pan's Labyrinth, Spencer? We're going to descend, but it honestly doesn't look that deep. Once we got to end the film, I'm like, oh, that's it. Just like some stairs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a child can walk it. We'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast. Just wanted to let you know that if you'd like to support the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash theartofcostume. There we post unheard bloopers, highlights, and bonus episodes just for our patrons. Make sure to check out the description for all of our links. And thank you for all of your support. You know who's definitely ready, Spencer? Not Ophelia. Ophelia's ready. She jumps into those quests. Are you kidding me? This little girl is like, my stepdad sucks and my mom is dying. Let's descend into the labyrinth and see what's there. You're not my real dad and you never will be. Yeah. (laughs) At first, I was so confused. I was like, why does her mother want so badly for her to like call her dad like to call him dad to you know like act like the like good stepdaughter i'm like oh it's because she recognizes her husband is an awful man and will probably murder her daughter if she dies in childbirth yeah it's it's just not good from the very second this film starts things here are just not okay <laughs> nothing's okay and I love the wardrobe Lala created because it's so simple. Yeah. Like I, cause I, this is another one of those ones where I kind of assumed like, oh, I bet this got an Oscar for the wardrobe, but it's so understated. It's so grounded yeah. that like, it just kind of passes you by and like melts into everything. Yeah. But she does do a lot with color because I love that first scene with Ophelia and Mercedes and the the color of Mercedes Shaw and Ophelia's dress are exactly the same, which I love because Mercedes becomes like a mother figure to her. Mm -hmm. So like straight from the beginning, she's connecting them. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I, I thought the same thing when I was watching it again last night. I'm like, I, I always imagined this to be a very costumey film. And I went back, I was like, it really isn't. Mm-mm. But what Lala does with the costumes is just very, like, real and authentic costuming. Clearly, you know, they've left their previous home, I'm guessing, in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't come from a lot of money, but, you know, her new dad. <laughs> her um, new dad does. Her new dad has a lot of money. So, they're you know, she put on just her simple wardrobe probably that's all she has and they traveled mm-hmm. um so i think good costume design really sometimes knows how to like take a step back and you usually see yes. that with contemporary 
not so much period. So it's really interesting, actually, because for period, you think of Marie Antoinette and big, yeah. you know, Bridgerton. This period is just very like things are not good. It focus on the killer acting that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what the costume design lets you do. It lets everything else, the acting, the set design, the cinematography, it lets that shine uninterrupted. But what <laughs> does interrupt some of that stuff is the special effects makeup friends. We have Doug Jones back. Oh as man. The fawn. Did this come out before or after Hellboy? I gotta look that up. Before. Before, before. right? So this and this might have been my first. I still feel like I saw Hellboy first, honestly. I don't know if I saw this when it came um, out, but this so, is prime Doug oh, Jones. Oh, no, no, no. I think this is after Hellboy. After okay. the first Hellboy. And then Guillermo del Toro does the second Hellboy. Right, he does. Actually, um, he was getting ready to do a sequel to Pan's Labyrinth. And he, they ended up canceling it because Guillermo was like, I'm going to do the Golden Army instead. That's my one behind the wardrobe fact, which is even about the wardrobe. Okay. <laughs> I don't need a sequel to this. No, I don't think neither. this needs... I, not because I wouldn't love to be back in this world. Like, it's very interesting. And I think he had a lot to say. But it's just like, as it is, I'm like, her soul goes to... It's yeah. original realm and she lives like happily ever after. Like I bet you Guillermo said that. the exact same thing. He was like, I'm gonna do Hellboy. We're good here. People are already disturbed. They don't need yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have other ways to disturb them. It's fine. <laughs> I got crimson pea cooking. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. um, there's actually a character in Pan's Labyrinth that looks a lot like the fun. I mean, I'm sorry. There's a character in a Golden Army that looks a lot like the Fawn, actually. The, like, Angel of oh, Death, if you remember. yeah. I do uh, remember. And the same special effects team that worked on this also worked on... Oh, so that makes uh, sense. Hellboy 2. Yeah. Um, and I was watching a lot of... There aren't, like, a ton of articles or behind the wardrobe facts. Again, this is a pre-2010... I think. Yeah, 2006. 2006, yeah, pre-2010. There's not a ton out there on it. Um, but I did find some, like, some good behind-the-scenes, especially of the two characters Doug Jones plays. And the Fawn's wardrobe is actually pretty <laughs> interesting. In one interview I found with David, um, he said to Variety... Pan's face was a mix of techniques. We wanted him to feel free for the Spanish dialogue. From the nose up, all was servo-controlled. Nose, eyelid, eyebrows, eyes. We hid the little monitors in the horns. Everything was very small and flat to keep the head in proportion with the body. This is insane looking at this. You guys can't yes. see the pictures we're looking at, but Doug Jones is literally in... I mean, this Fawn costume is real, everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. there's visual effects, of course, 
but it's like 90% real. It's huge. He's tall. He's like touching the ceiling. Yes. And I mean, Doug Jones is a tall man and they add about six inches. Yeah. It's to him. It's insane. And the only part that's VFX looks like is Doug Jones's legs, like from the knees down, which yeah. I, when I was watching a film too, I was like, whoa, like that's some curvature on the legs. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they digitally removed his legs. But yeah, so like the whole like top of the face is almost like a puppet that they control. And it was really fascinating because like the the horns like are mechanical and like move a little bit. And so so it's like here from like below the nose up is like a piece they put on his head. And then that's his mouth with like prosthetics around it. He has like this like... Um, they almost gave him like a fake nose so that when like the prosthetic went over, like it, like everything flattened out correctly. <laughs> and then he was saying in this, like behind the scenes, he, he, th- he was like, I've been like in the industry about 20 years. And he was like, up to this point, it was the most comfortable s- suit he'd ever worn. He's like, half my work has been like covered up in things. And he's like, this is the most comfortable. Wow. Because he said... That's shocking. Right? Um, I mean, he... Not that it was like, oh, like, comfortable, could wear it all day. But he said it was, like, the most comfortable. Right. And he said, usually a suit like this, they usually go on in one piece. And he's like, they're hard to put on. They put all, like... You carry the weight on your shoulders and you do that all day. However, for the fawn, there was basically a piece for his legs that um locked onto a belt around his waist so he was like the weight for the legs was held on my hips then there was a stomach like vest that he was zipped into and then the chest and arms were its own separate piece as well and it like buttoned up in the back like they used the little like um branch parts within the costume to hide the the buttons then they like snapped it all up and so he like had all this movement and could you know for as cumbersome a costume as it was he had a much more much more movement than he would normally have in a costume like this right it's so interesting i mean it's such an iconic character and the fact that doug jones is actually in there i mean Doug Jones is one of the greatest of all time. The mannerisms he brings into this costume too are so real and creepy. It, it's an excellent performance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's be real. It's the one costume to rule them all too. It's just Elizabeth disagrees maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> like this. I was, it's up there. It's up there. It's definitely up there. It's just so incredible. It's so incredible. Another thing that's incredible, because the phone is voiced by another Spanish actor. Mm. But Doug Jones delivered all the lines in Spanish during filming. <laughs> that's incredible. I was like, wondering that, too, when I was watching. I'm like, there's no way that's Doug's voice. No, it's not his voice. And then, and David, he was so impressed because he was like, this is like, he was like, this is not a hard this is not an easy suit to move in and he's like going backwards and crouching down and like moving and he was like you know doug jones doesn't speak spanish 
but he's delivering all the lines in Spanish. So he's like, he's doing all of this in this uncomfortable suit. And then he's also having to think about his lines. (laughs) He's delivering. Because they're in a totally different language. And it's like, oof. Talk about commitment. It's a masterclass. And we haven't really talked too much about the actual detail to suit too much, but like, the fauna has been down there for a long time. And uh, yeah. like the, it's just the stuff coming off of him. He's growing into the labyrinth. He looks old. Yeah. Even Ophelia is like, he smells like earth. And I get that. Like you could tell that the, the suit looks like it smells like earth. I know what Ophelia meant when she said that. I want to invite her on a podcast and be like, talk to me about the suit. Right. (laughs) No, it's brilliant. It's just like, and it's all these like lovely, like mossy greens and like deep browns. That's the word I was looking for. Moss. Mossy. He's very mossy, the fawn. (laughs) I was going to say cobwebby, but that wasn't right. (laughs) Yeah. But then also like the detailing on the chest, it almost looks like he has like the labyrinth like etched or tattooed into his skin, Mm. which I think is so interesting. Yeah. It's just genius work. So genius. Also, one lovely character who this is like one of those people I'm like, I wanted because it's a they go pretty quickly through most of the characters, but I wanted to know more about Carmen, Ophelia's mother. Yeah, I agree. Ar- Ariadna Gill, who plays Carmen, she's beautiful and she wears these clothes mm-hmm. so well. But yeah, the whole time you're just wondering, like, what? What is this girl's life? I want to know what happened. Like, Guillermo, we don't need a sequel. We need a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need a prequel. Because I was I was confused. So I'm like, okay, I get that like the the captain was like her husband's client. But then like someone at the table is like, oh, f- so funny that you met after again after all these years. And I'm like, did they know each other back in the day? Yeah, it's just shadiness, I'm sure. It's so much shadiness, but I love how throughout the whole film, it's just like, oh, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. And it's like, okay, that's why the captain like married her. Yeah. Um, But then uh, Lala just like shows that off in such like a simple way. She uses all these like soft colors, simple cuts and silhouettes. Like it just lets her shine. Yeah. Very proper. I love um, this like mint green shirt she wears at some point. It's very simple, very chic. And then I love that one white outfit that she wears with the headband. It's just so, Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful. And it's very classic and chic. Um, Interesting that she's wearing white. This might be the outfit that um, she has her health issues in. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting that they picked white. I think that was a great choice by the costume designer. Um, especially, ooh, oh my gosh, it's coming together in my head because the mandrake was in a pool of milk. Yeah. And then the mandrake is... So then Carmen is wearing white at the same time. Interesting. Good. That's good costume designing. Right? Right? Nice. Also, what I thought was some good costume design was the dress Carmen no. makes for Ophelia. Ooh. No? I was getting ready to jump in the screen and shake Ophelia. Do not get that dress dirty. Is right? so good. <laughs> I mean, she tried her best, although I have to admit, I'm like, you know, your daughter, why did you put her in this outfit hours before the actual event? (laughs) Right. And then what was that like little white, you know, 
gown on top of it. What was Oh, the penaf I think it's called a penafore. It's just like a little cute apron. Right. What, what So that was... you don't get the dress dirty. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. Um. <laughs> um I do love that dress though. I was thinking when I saw I was like, okay, this is a really cool costume piece because we hadn't really seen one so far except for Defawn. Yeah. Um, I love that like beautiful emerald green. It had such a shine to it. Which then, when you contrast it to after, she has the first task, which is so disgusting. Disgusting. It's so dirty. So I love that it loses its shine by the end of it. Yeah. And it's, I like it because it's very much who her mother wants her to be. She wants her to just be this sweet, obedient little girl who does everything right and looks perfect so that, you know, the harsh world around her won't hopefully you know affect her too much and she's just like no i have to go on a quest <laughs> like this yeah. is more important <laughs> she said there's a ticket out of here and it's through the underworld i'm sold mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like i am there for it <laughs> i am there for it and you can't stop me yeah i remember the first task too and i've I was nervous coming up to it. I was like, oh, so gross. I was confused. I was like, what is this toad? I, I was really like, what thought, is happening? I really thought you'd seen this movie. I when no. you Elizabeth picked this, everybody. When she did, I was like, oh, like Elizabeth loves Pants Labyrinth. Of course they're doing Pants Labyrinth. I didn't realize <laughs> you hadn't seen it. <laughs> no, I hadn't. I just when we were when we were needing to switch things up a bit, I was like Oh, this is like a a spooky movie with good, like from what I had seen, like great costuming. (laughs) Let's do that. Yeah. And then I was like, this is so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, for those of you who might listen to last week's episode and you heard that this week was going to be a different episode, we had some scheduling conflicts, but they will be resolved and that episode will come to pass just in the future, not now, but... It is going to happen. We're very excited for it. But And if you didn't hear, then don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's fine. <laughs> um, but you know what's about to not be fine, Spencer? Uh, some fairies. Some fairies. The rest of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I need a little bit of a tea break. And then let's, let's get back into the labyrinth. All right. I'm going to go grab my chalk. Draw a door. See you soon. Hello, Blogcast listeners. It's Elizabeth Joy Glass, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume Blogcast. If you're like me, you love to show your support with a comfy tea or tote bag. Well, now you're in luck and can show your support for the show and grab some sweet merch by heading over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome Tee Public merch with the Blogcast logo, such as a shirt, sticker, tote bag, and a baby onesie for all your little costume mavens in the making. Thank you for all your support and head over to the Art of Costume slash podstore for all our great merch. Thank you.
talk about some evil soldier guys who your your future dad I have not felt so unsettled by a villain as much as I felt unsettled by Vidal in a long time. Yeah, the the captain is he plays a really good villain, Sergey Lopez, uh, very creepy, very unsettled. Which brings me to what we love to talk about on this podcast is just like war uniform, military yeah. costuming. This is incredible costuming. It's it's so spooky. <laughs> it is so spooky. From what I can tell, it's very true to the period. But like the way she, like the color she chose, cause I'm not sure if they're entirely accurate. Mm-hmm. But like the colors are just so like, cold and muted and sinister and then the way she accessorizes (laughs) Vidal his like black trench coat with like the evil little round glasses yeah and you know how I feel about round glasses I do know you're not a fan no it just says spooky (laughs) it says spooky 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 I'm here Uh, to do bad things I do love his coat that he uses as a cape, though. That's pretty badass, I will say. Yes. Just every time I saw this guy on screen, I instantly was, like, clenched up. I don't like him. Oh, my gosh. So disturbing, the things he does. This is why I'm so messed up now. I mean, he bashes that one guy's head in with a bottle. (laughs) And it turns out they were just hunting rabbits. Yeah. I was like a failure to communicate. Yeah. It's disturbing. I was not ready. I knew the movie was disturbing. Mm -hmm. But I was like so mentally preparing myself for who we're going to talk about next, the pale man. Uh, that I forgot how creepy this guy is. I'm sorry. Was... He is the scariest part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he is the scariest part of this movie. Cause this he doesn't care. Hire the pale man. <laughs> yeah, he would. Uh, let's be honest. He would murder the pale man. Like <laughs> he wouldn't be scared yeah. of the pale man. He'd be like, yeah. Oh, you eat children. Yeah. I smash people's faces in with bottles. Yeah. I eat adults. Okay. <laughs> 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 exactly but yeah. well, i also love because he's like so about appearances i loved how much they showed him like taking care of like getting dressed and polishing his boots and like making sure like all of like his clothes are so so yeah which then at the end of the movie when like he's just like unraveling you can really like tell that through his costume because it's like his costume's filthy from Mercedes' sick use of her little kitchen knife. Oh, come on. Guillermo del Toro loves us like a sick stabbing scene. Yeah. If you know, because I'm still not over Crimson Peak and that was last yeah. season. I like was not prepared because I was I was a little bit confused in that scene because I was like, wait, but he murders Ophelia at the end because like Mercedes stabs him multiple times before she like cuts his mouth open. But she doesn't like, finish the job. She doesn't finish the job. And I'm just like, how is this man functioning yeah. with like at least four stab wounds in his body? <laughs> Let me just tell you all, if you stab me in the face, I will be done for the rest of the day <laughs> yeah. and I will not be following you. <laughs> One stab in the back will get me. I'll be like, I'm good. You can go. You can go. This is why we'll we'll never be in charge of anything, Spencer, besides this podcast and publication. (laughs) 
We can't be commanding any armies. We won't. Soon. We won't be commanding any armies. We won't be. We won't be in charge of any torture. No, no. Because the first, the first little pushback, we'd be like, "Okay, it's fine. You can go. Sure. I'm sorry." Yeah. Hey, take it easy. All right. <laughs> Get out of here with your pointy knife. I'm not into it. Um, you know who has been bothering me since I was a kid, though, was... the pale man. Yes, that is messed up. It is just sick. I hate looking at it. It. It was so gross. And it's not even like, it's not even that big a part of the movie. Like, I thought the Pale Man scene was much longer. I did too. But that's because probably the first time we saw it, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I noped out of that scene the first time I saw it. I turned around. I went to bed. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I was like, no, thank you. And when Ophelia starts, like, looking at the grapes and the fairies are like, bro, don't do it. Yeah. I was yelling at my TV and I was fully in bed at this point. And I sat up. I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. knock it off. The fawn said, don't eat the grapes. Yeah. Ugh. And I'm like, how did the fawn not know she went to bed hungry? He should have given her some food. <laughs> the fawn should have been like, here's an apple, eat it, and then be on your way. But the actual point of the task was so simple. She walked in and what grabbed a knife? Was this the knife or was that from the... F- I don't this know. This was she- the knife. Yeah. Okay. So she walked in, grabbed a knife, and then she just had to leave. I mean, this should have yeah. took all of four minutes. She could have went out for food after hit up the jack in the box yeah. or whatever but no she was just so tempted by yeah but that's like a cl- that's a classic like fairy tale trope like you do exactly what you were told not to yeah and you have to redeem yourself way to go Ophelia but let's talk about the pale man uh Doug yeah. Jones this is just this costume is disturbed and i cannot yes. believe that doug jones is under there once again yes it is our our friend doug jones again and for both the pale man and the fawn it took five hours to get him into the character each day Ugh. But- oh my gosh we're looking at some behind the scenes photos and they're even worse like yeah. seeing seeing bare chested doug jones with the pale man head is not okay <laughs> Yeah, and so the VFX people who created the suit, they sent Del Toro, like, their sketches. They're like, oh, this is what we're thinking. And he was basically, like, like take, like, smooth out the eyes and, like, put just, like, two little nostril holes and that's it. And they were like, <laughs> okay. okay. Once again, the VFX took out Doug Jones's legs, too. So it looks like yes. he has two little, like, chicken legs without, you know, with the green screen behind him. I know. I'm like, this is like, this is how visual effects, especially for creature effects, should be done. It should be a mix of practical, you know, prosthetics and like special effects, green screen, like enhancing, taking out, you know, like little seams and stuff Mm -hmm. because it works so well and it looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. So disturbing. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I saw him put his eyeballs in his hands and use oh, his oof. hands as eyes. And yeah, that will rock your world the first time. Yeah, that's what I walked in on, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. Even me, all 27 years old in bed last night, I was like, Ugh, I don't, I'm going to watch something else after this. Something happier like the new Ryan Murphy murder show. Yeah. Stalking show. Yeah. 
I, oof. Yeah, yeah, I put on Big Bang Theory after this. <laughs> um, but it, this is so creepy, especially the fingers. Like how they're just like, they're so pointy and they like turn black at the ends. Like, yeah, what's that about? Don't like it. Yeah, the pale man is just like unsettling to no end. Yeah, right. But after all the creepiness of the labyrinth, after the horror of her real life, of, well, the whole thing's real. This is a spooky season finale. According to (laughs) the, like, lore of it. This is all actually happening to her. But she finally gets, goes back to being the princess of the underworld, and it is beautiful. Yeah, it makes me, it's like such a bittersweet moment, because on one hand, you're like, is this even real? On the other hand, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, she deserves this. I'm just going to, there's no sequel. So just accept it. Enjoy yeah. it. It's beautiful. The underworld's gorgeous. Everyone's wearing reds and golds. Golds. Rich golden army. You know, mm-hmm. like everything about this just says happiness and she's going to be okay. The costuming yes. is excellent in this scene. It really, really is. The They all have these brilliant scarlet red cloaks she has like this like it's not like a cloak cloak but it goes over her her beautiful gold dress that's embroidered with these red flowers her mother and father are in gold and i think her mother is holding her little brother too i don't know i was confused by that (laughs) Um, and it was just like a perfect beautiful ending yeah, it was perfect. That third task was wild, though. Yeah. I can't say I would have did what Ophelia did, because if I was like, just a little pokey poke. And I was like, a little? A little? Like, yeah. you're just going to, like, prick his finger and, like, yeah. we're good to go? Because I was like, then I could come with you? Yeah. And Ophelia was straight up, was like, nah. And then she, you know, gets shot. Yeah. I was like, just a little poke is fine. No, no, he won't remember this, right? Um, yeah. Which is messed up, but... <laughs> Good for you, Ophelia. You did the right thing. She did the right thing in the face of her psychotic stepfather (laughs) out to murder her. (laughs) And that is Pan's Labyrinth. What a wild ride and a great finale to our spooky season. Yes, absolutely. And it's time for our favorite game. The one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was your one costume to rule them all? Mine just has to be the Fawn costume. I mean, it's just so iconic. And honestly, before this episode, I wasn't quite sure how much of it was like practical and how much was VFX. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm seeing that it was basically 90% practical, they just cut out Doug Jones's legs. It's definitely my favorite costume. It's just beautiful. I love the colors of it, too. I didn't really speak of that earlier, but Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful. And seeing the moss coming off of him, he's growing into the labyrinth. He shakes a lot, which goes with the costume. I just thought it was stunning. I agree. That is a wonderful choice. However, my one costume to rule them all is her green dress and pinafore. (laughs) Because it's really like, I feel like it's a personal turning point for her where she's really she makes her point that she's really out to just like not obey her stepfather not make him happy i love that little smile 
she gives her mother when her mother's like, you upset me, but you upset him even more, (laughs) which I didn't understand because he didn't seem to give (laughs) a hoot about her. She talks to her father or father in quotation marks like once or twice in this movie. It's like the beginning and the end. Yeah. (laughs) The only time he actually talks to her is like when he finds the mandrake root. Yeah, right. And he's that, all pissed about it. That was one of three scenes they had together. So yeah. I think he would have been fine, Mom. I think he would have been too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's really her like rejecting, you know, this world and what it wants her to be and like seeking out what she needs for herself. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is a beautiful costume. I love the color and I love that also says that she's just ready to get down and dirty and yeah. get stuff done because she sees things in the above ground world are not going well. And she said, if I want out, it means I got to go hang out with some frogs, some pale naked people, some big old goat man and get out of here. So she she's ready to go, even if it means destroying that very beautiful emerald dress. Yes. Uh, if you agree with me, please let me know. You can leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826. I guess if you agree with Spencer, you could also leave that voicemail. If you disagree with us, I suppose you could leave that voicemail as well. Maybe we'll play <laughs> it next time. I personally will be okay if you disagree with me because the font <laughs> is disturbing. And I understand if you never want to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to talk about this, we get it. You could just we, call us and say hi. That's okay too. <laughs> yeah. If you want to if you just want to chat a little bit, that's that's okay too. <laughs> uh but Spencer, what are we watching next week? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Next week we are going to talk about the new Amazon series. Are you guys ready for this? The Rings of Power, The Lord of the Rings. Ah. I just, I cannot say enough good things about the show. It's so good. And if there's any haters out there, you will be successfully shut down in the next episode. (laughs) So be ready for this heat because it's coming. We, yeah, we accept, you know, constructive criticism. We do not accept haters. Yeah, this is going to be a zero tolerance episode for hatred because the rings of power was genius. I loved it. It it was so good. If if you want to hate on it, you are not welcome here. You can <laughs> you can keep that to yourself. In the meantime, while you're catching up on Rings of Power on Amazon Prime, and you just need a little bit of extra content from us, you know, just to get you through to next Tuesday, you can check out our Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or our TikTok at the Art of Costume. Spencer makes some brilliant TikToks over there. Oh my gosh, I just posted Doug Jones's costume from The Shape of Water. So if you need more Doug Jones, get in there. It's all there. And if you just need a little bit of a little bit more of us in your lives, we have a Patreon and you be- can become one of our costume mavens at patreon.com slash the art of costume. If you want to, you know, maybe slip into like a little sweatshirt while you're watching. It's cold now. We're officially in fall. Like this, there's no more like him and our Holland about it. I mean, maybe global warming <laughs> might make it a little warmer where you are. But in general, it's chilly. 
You So you can head over to the artofcostume.com slash pod store and get an Art of Costume Blogcast sweatshirt. Please. Be warm. <laughs> I might have my AC on, but I could definitely turn off if I wanted to. I'm still not going to, but we're can't, there. Can't believe you have your AC on. Um, <laughs> and lastly, if you liked this episode, if you enjoy our podcast, it would mean the world to us if you left us a little five-star text review on Apple Podcast. And as always, have a fantastic week. Stay cool, nerds. See you next week. Remember, no hatred. Rings of Power is cool. Leave it behind. You're going to like it. Yes. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Oh my gosh, give me two seconds. Anyone's demanding to be let out. Elizabeth's yelling at her cat right now. That sounds serious. What do you... Stop staring at me. <laughs> she said, stop staring at me. Is that why you're being a menace? Oh, dear. Oh, now she's holding the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. You're holding a cat now. You were literally begging to sit on my lap an hour ago. Oh, they're fighting again. You need to make decisions in your life, Eowyn. Well, she's parenting right now. Take I don't her care toys that away. Your <laughs> this girl does not play with toys. She hasn't <laughs> since she was a kitten. She's like, I'm too old for that. <laughs> uh, she wants to roll around on the floor and have and be pet by me.